The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We say it every time. You know where to find us. Go and download the podcast wherever you get podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. They're not sold. They're free. We give them free here, free on this corner here right now. We give out podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we are the most reviewed podcast, uh, Detroit Lions podcast on apple podcasts the most reviewed thanks to you guys you guys are still killing it with reviews over there and we are here live as always on twitch and youtube when we do these podcasts and right now we are doing them live on monday where you can find us and we want to start out real quick something that is twitch and youtube related so I think I've kvetched about this before on the podcast before jeremy reisman the fearless leader at detroit online uh, is where you find him on Twitter. And I, myself, I'm Chris Perfett. You find me on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. I am the adequate host. Uh, the last few weeks, we have been... We've had Jeremy taking Whor- in money to say, save his whor- podcast. Just say whoring out my mustache. Just whoring say out the mustache. Whoring <laughs> out it like a porno mustache. Just taking us all on the mustache ride, making donation after donation. Well, it's been a rough couple of, it's been a rough few weeks for our friends down in the great state of Texas right now on those streams. And if you're listening afterwards, talk to Jeremy. He'll tell you where you can donate. We are running a charity right now for the Austin area urban league. Uh, yeah. Donations there will go towards helping out people who are right now uh, in trouble in the Austin area with the cold that's going on there, the winter blast, all the you know loss of power and everything else that's going on there. And uh, I know in the past we've done great work with our charities uh, and just hoping you guys hear this, bring some bring some more uh, some more of that power in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh- it it feels weird taking in a hundred subs every week for a mustache. And it feels like maybe that that money could be directed towards something a little bit more useful other than green screen. So we can have silly backgrounds here for our live audience. So um, yeah, the, the Austin urban area league um, is definitely something that, um, you know, could, could 
bring in immediate help. So we're, we're trying to raise $500 just during this stream, which is the equivalent to 100 subs. We're, uh, we're already at 320 through the, the week just from people who through literally up. the first few minutes of this podcast. We are yeah. at $320. Uh, and so that's, I think you yeah. said it low. Yeah, so well, that's fine because for every five hundred dollars that we donate, the mustache will survive another week. So if we if we blow five hundred out of the water, if we get to a thousand, that means a mustache is safe for another two weeks. Fifteen hundred, three weeks. So mm-hmm. uh, it all depends on your guys's uh, um, willing to to no, donate. And if you can't donate, that's fine. You, you just being here is is great as well. But if you're if you are watching live, exclamation point donate will give you the link to uh, to donate. Whether you're in YouTube or Twitch, it should show up. So. That's all I have to say. Yep. And if you're listening on recorded, uh, obviously this won't be there, but still go over to the Austin area, urban league, AAUL.org, throw some donations towards them. They can use the money. And now the third man is here. My, my buddy, Ryan Matthews. At Ryan underscore P O D Ryan. How are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to find a room big enough for my green screen. Jeremy bought us all green screens for our obsession with Twitch and live streams. Which if you're listening on the podcast, you won't know yeah. because it's a it's a it's not a visual medium. Yeah, they're they're fun. They're they're goofy. They're uh they're a ton of fun. It's just Jeremy bought us ones that are literally 14 feet wide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had to fit mine in, but I'm uh sitting here comfy in the in the jewelry store from <laughs> Uncut Gems. If if Chris can fit that thing in his little L.A. apartment, you can you can find a way. I'm going to have to downgrade from a queen size bed to like a, a full size bed to share with my <laughs> fiance. So I'll I'll run it by her and see if she's cool with it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we got tons of stuff to talk about on this podcast. Big stuff. We do real quick. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping in case you didn't see it on the feed. If you were someone just checking this one. Scroll down. There's one more uh, thing that we have on the podcast feed. Uh, Eric Schlitt has officially joined the Pride of Detroit family. So I know Jeremy did a 15 minute talk with him. Eric is now a part of the family, which means that we are just dominating. We're dominating everyone and everywhere. And uh, Jeremy, maybe we'll get like a day off every now and then now. Maybe. And and I know a lot of people have been asking. Yeah, of course, he, he will be an occasional guest here on the Pride of Detroit podcast as well. Absolutely. He's got his own podcast and, and we're letting him continue that. But uh, but he's a valued Hold voice. As part whoa, of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't I didn't mention it by name. I think you. <laughs> hmm, you know, my policy. We know that. Well, you know, my policy. Death to all competitors. Anyway, no, he will be on here at some point. Uh, Open policy is that everyone from Pride Detroit will be on this podcast at some point. So or has been or will continue to be. It's a it's an open community here. But I think we've uh, played enough grab ass right now. We should get on to the big topic of the day, which is Kenny Galladay. There's news out today. Ian Rappaport, I believe, on Monday was talking about uh, reports might be that he is a likely candidate to take the franchise tag for the Detroit Lions. And we were just talking, me, Jeremy and Ryan, before uh, a few days before this show. And we were asking ourselves how we're going to chart out free agency. And this this show is going to be about free agency, but it's going to be out one position in particular in free agency. It's probably the biggest question for the Lions. And that is why the wide receiver position. Uh, almost every wide receiver that the Lions have that you can name, except for one or two, is up for free agency right now. And the biggest of those fish to fry right now is Kenny Galladay. 
So the yeah. question becomes, what are the Lions going to do about Kenny Galladay? Are they going to use the franchise tag? Are they going to sign him to a longer deal? Or are they going to let him walk? And there's quite a bit to tackles. So, Jeremy, I I see the floor to you because I see you you want to just really get at it. I mean, I think the, the franchise tag is where this whole conversation needs to begin. And, and the Lions can start using the franchise tag. They have, I think, a 15 day window that starts on Tuesday. So probably mm-hmm. the morning you're listening to this, if you're listening to uh, the podcast version. And yeah, the Lions have a tough decision. The the We don't know exactly what the salary cap is going to be. Therefore, we don't know exactly what the franchise tag number is. But uh, I think over the cap has it estimated at 16.4 million. And so we have to start right there. If, if the Lions are going to franchise tag him, even if they plan on tagging and trading him, which is which is an option that we'll we'll talk about in a little bit, they have to be prepared to potentially take on 16.4 million cap hit right away. And with the golf contract and with, you know, they're 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 essentially already at about 199 million in cap resources spent. And that's with the golf trade. Obviously, that doesn't happen until the, the new league year actually starts. But with the cap expected to be somewhere between 180 and 100. 180 and 185 million that means they're already 14 million over now they can cut a bunch of people and and get over you know i think they they have about 30 million in cap savings they could do with with some of their um cap guys but like even that so you 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 free up 30 million well then suddenly you have about well about 16 million left in cap space and so that means Kenny Galladay takes up the entirety of that which means you would have to again do some restructuring you got to get for all these players are going to cut, you got to sign them. All of this is to say 16.4 million is a lot of cap space. And I know we, we can, we can just like brush it off and say, Hey, the salary cap isn't for real, but it is at least a little bit. The lines already have to do a lot of maneuvering. If, if there's a year in which the salary cap is real, it's probably this one because it's dropping and a lot of teams are going to have to do some juggling here. And so I, I see I, I, it does seem like the lines are trending in the direction of, of giving him that tag, but it's it's going to be hard to maneuver around like there's no there's no getting around it. I don't know if it is dropping, Jeremy. It seems like the NFL is putting the networks over a barrel to negotiate a new TV deal. And if that's true, they could get the money to justify it going up. It, it won't go up. It won't. OK, the, the salary I, cap is I mean, it was what 190 something last year. There's there's um, I think today we saw, you know, the estimates is going to be about 182, 183. So it's still going to be a significant drop, not not as significant not, as, not, as maybe I early mean, estimates. But yeah, it's, it's not going to be a multi. It's, it sounds like it's only be a few million dollars drop. It's not going to be much. Either way, but, it, it's yeah. it's this is going to be a challenge to fit Kenny Galladay, you know, his tag in there. If, if that's the long term plan, of course, the tag could also be a, a ploy to just a negotiating ploy to get a long-term deal done. And, and in that case, the Lions can definitely finagle a deal that has, you know, a, a really small four or $5 million cap hit in this year. And then, you know, down the line it increases. But if the line, like I said, if, if you give Kenny Galladay that tag, you have to be prepared for the situation that you're going to be stuck with that 16.4 million. And I think that's probably the worst case scenario of, of things to do with, with Kenny Galladay, because that's, that's a big hurdle. Yeah, I think it could get one step even worse, though, Jeremy. I, and not to say that things have deteriorated to this point, but could you imagine if the Lions wanted to franchise tag Kenny Galladay and then Kenny Galladay doesn't want to play football? I mean, <laughs> mm. that. I, sure. I mean, I mean, this is a different regime. It's a new general manager. It's a new head coach. Um, maybe you know the stalemate that they kind of reached because there were there were rumblings of a Kenny Galladay extension early uh, last off season. Um, Right around it was after 
Taylor Decker got his his deal all situated. Um, there was news that came down the pipe that I believe it was Ian Rappaport who mentioned, you know, Kenny Galladay might be next in line to get a contract extension. That yeah. obviously never materialized, but I don't know. I, I, I think looking at it's really hard to justify spending that much money on one player, even if it's at a position at which the Lions just have an absolute dearth of talent. And it's it's just tough. It's tough to sell me on Kenny Galladay, especially when you look at this wide receiver draft class for the past few years now. It's been just so loaded and so stacked. And this year is really no exception. So I the Lions are in they're kind of in a tough spot. And I hate to say it, but does it have anything to do with the Jared Goff contract? I think a lot of it does have to do with the Jared Goff contract. It's just I mean, it's a com- lot compounded mm. compounded on top of the Matthew Stafford hit sure. that you had to take through this year. So right. yeah. not, not, it's not just Jared Goff, but I'm saying like all things considered with everything that trade, at the quarterback yeah. at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just don't see the lions at a point where they really want to, I, I hate, I hate to even bring up the business side of it. Cause I feel like in sports, we're ceding almost too much to the business armchair GM side of these conversations, but there's just no room where in, in the view of what the lions want to do right now, where it's like, do you really want to be handing out that kind of money right now? For Kenny Galli, as you say, Ryan, it's very easy in this draft to go get wide receivers that you will have under that kind of team team salary control for a while. And more to the point, looking at Galladay, I don't like to decide whether or not a guy is worth a contract because I think the market ultimately decides that what teams view as valuable. But he's had almost too short. I mean, his career, I don't know if there's enough numbers there to warrant what we're talking about, either a massive franchise tag or a massive uh, contract right now. He had two two years that were fantastic, 2018 and 2019. But I, I'm sorry to say it, he hurt himself by sitting out a lot of time in, in 2020. This is kind of the crucial year to see if it's not just a flash in the pan, but to see if that it's consistent, consistent uh uh, production and with a new quarterback coming in who is whose name is not Matthew Stafford who as as much as I think Goff is getting a bad rap on from people Goff also doesn't have the cannon of an arm that Stafford has which means that Galladay isn't the same kind of jump ball deep threat with a with a Goff connection as he was with a Stafford connection I guess the question is is that is he part of that longer term uh, plan for the Detroit Lions and will you shell out that money? Now, I think if you shell out him out, Jeremy, on an extent on the, on a longer deal, you can control that salary cap money for that yep. first year. We've seen that. That's a lot of the creative uh, bookkeeping that's going around the NFL is you basically you sign him to like a three, four year deal and you just shove all of his cap money to the backside so that that's not going to be a problem going into this year. And it'll be more of a problem as Jared Goff comes off the books. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you basically give him a, a very low salary in the first couple of years, but give him a kind of massive signing bonus. And that's all spread out uh, along the, the length of the contract in terms of cap hits. So, yeah, I think I think that might be one of the better case scenarios. And it's it's really up for the lines to decide is like you said, is Kenny Galladay part of the long term plans? Because you put him on a, on a franchise tag one year, 16 million dollars. Well, that doesn't seem like a great use of cap space. This 2021, I think we all agree, is not going to be. Uh, a season in which the lines are going to com- be com- competing for much. So hanging on to Kelly- Kenny Galladay for a year um, 
just kind of kicks the the can down the road. And and I guess, you know, maybe if you just you do it because you still want to come do a long term deal and you'll do it in 2022 instead of 2021, that's possible. But you really put yourself in a bind this year if you decide to do something like that. Um, I, I think maybe the second best option might be to move on. Um, I, it doesn't, the, the, the tough part about that one though, is one, he's an extremely talented player. I mean, Ryan, you were, you were banging the, the, the table 12 months ago saying this guy's a top 10 wide receiver. This guy is, is maybe even a top five wide receiver if, if he hits all of his kind of potential. Um, and, and you, and the cupboard is bare, right? <laughs> you mentioned no Marvin Jones signed. He's almost certainly gone. Danny Amendola might be on the verge of retirement. Mohamed Sanu is a free agent. Jamal Agnew is a free agent. Um, there, there's no one here. And you don't really want to get into the business of letting good guys go. That That is what the previous regime did. And, and they maybe did it out of personality reasons over financial reasons. And when you're managing an NFL team, yes, you're going to have to make some tough decisions and let some good talent go every now and then. Um, but I mean, the, 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 I guess the plus side of it is one, you're keeping that cap room to, to build a, a more full team, a more well-rounded team. And two, you're probably getting a third round compensatory pick because I don't expect the Lions to be too active in free agency. And, uh, and the Lions could use that compensatory pick in 2022. Yeah. The Lions can just use every, every draft pick that they can get their hands on. Right. And so, you know, the thing with Kenny Galladay is. Does he fit into whatever your vision of the rebuild is right now? Like you said, Jeremy, but at the same time, he's probably the best player the Lions have on their roster right now. Yeah, like bar none, like he's the best talent that the Lions have on their entire roster. And you're going to let that guy go. You're going to let him walk. I mean, the optics of it are just, I mean, trading Matthew Stafford, letting Kenny Galladay go away in free agency. Man, if that's your plan, you really better back it up with that retooling job that you're doing, Brad Holmes, because it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding in 2021 with with no Kenny Galladay. You're not doing Jared Goff any favors. Poor guy. No, you're not. Jeez. (laughs) Like, well, we'll talk in another segment about where else the wide receivers are right now. But let me just say this, like. uh, I mean, you don't want to set Goff up for more failure, right? It's just it's 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 not it's not right towards that. I don't want to hear about the draft value of trying to flip golf in later years, but it, it would be fantastic if you can make golf work for you. I don't see him as the complete abandoned kick this puppy out scenario that some other people seem. Everyone seems ready to give up on golf. Yeah. Everyone except for the Lions coaches seem ready to say, OK, this guy is never, ever, ever going to be a quarterback. And we've seen that like that. That's a danger. I, I don't like when we're li- when we're like that. But you know what hurts uh, evaluating your your great, you know, if a quarterback is great or not, is you basically leave him with no weapons. <laughs> Just yeah. not every quarterback. There's a precious few quarterbacks out there that can do it without top flight weapons. Stafford can't do it without top flight weapons. You need at least a good weapon out there. And Ken- Kenny Galladay, if he is that top flight weapon, again, I think the length of his work or lack thereof does bring up some questions about, and maybe this is what we get into on the next segment too, is, is he really that great of a weapon? But for right now, looking at this Lions roster, I agree with you guys. He is the best player right now based on past production that the Lions have, except for maybe uh, some pieces on the left side of their offensive line. Yeah. 
But I, I actually want to go back to another point that you made, Chris, in, in that I don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to be as big of a weapon with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Yeah, because, he lose the deep ball. Yeah, I mean, it's not that he can't throw the deep ball, it's that he doesn't have the arm that Stafford does. He, I mean, we, we all know the Rams were, were play action, and that involved a lot of kind of short and intermediate throws, which is what Jared Goff is best at. He's got good touch. He's got a decent arm um, where he can kind of rifle it in short um, in, in intermediate routes. And and in that case, like maybe the lines are just better to get maybe some short intermediate route runners. And they've already got a guy like TJ Hawkins and then they got a guy like DeAndre Swift who, who could be uh, a weapon in, in, in the offense without him. And so the need for a guy like Kenny Galli is probably lesser, um, but he certainly helps because, and, and a lot of the lines receivers that that were around for Stafford helped out the quarterback. He helped him out by catching contested balls. Um, the lines were, were great at that sort of thing, and and that's something that you know Jared Goff would probably like, even if he can't throw it, you know, sixty yards downfield on a rope. Um, throwing a jump ball to Kenny um, certainly will make your stats look a little bit better, maybe than they should be. So, I I kind of see it both ways in terms of his value to the lines, but ultimately, I'm. It's weird because if you would have asked me this about a week or two ago, I would have said. I, th- I think the Lions have to tag him. I think the Lions have to keep some sort of talent on this team. And whether that means just a bridge towards extending him or a bridge towards a tag and trade, which again, we'll, we'll get to in a second. Um, it, it leaves a lot of good options on the table, but th- I think the, the ultimate thing that, that would drive my decision is that the worst case scenario is that you're stuck with that 16.4 million this year, which just seems to me like wasted cap space um, uh, for, for a wasted year. And so I, I think my my route would just be it, let, let's avoid that at all costs. And if that means moving on from Kenny Galladay, then move on from Kenny Galladay. And if you move on from Kenny Galladay, are you putting a sign out in front of Allen Park that's just abandon all hope, <laughs> ye who enter here? Right. Like that. That's that's my question mark. Is that what does that signal? Like the first move of the offseason was to trade Matthew Stafford. The second move of the offseason <laughs> would be to let Kenny Galladay walk. It's like it's man. Point. It's the optics of it just seem very off. But you know what? You know what? In order to do a rebuild right, you know, to hell with the retooling thing. Um, I'm not getting into semantics, but like to do the rebuild right, you have to think about accumulating assets for the future. And I just don't know if Kenny Galladay fits into the plans. And it it sucks because I really do. And you're you're right. I was pounding the table. Um, man, what game was it? Uh, this this past season. He just absolutely the Falcons. The Falcons game. He was incredible. Yeah, and Jacksonville's the one where he 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 Instagrammed. It's going to cost you, right? Yeah, and I mean he wasn't kidding. And it's 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 a really tough decision. But I think what the Lions have to do is they have to do what's best for the franchise two three years from now, not just in the not just in the immediate. Yeah, you can't be completely maximal about it. Uh, we'll pick up this conversation on Kenny Galladay on the other side. I think there's a little bit more. And we'll start to get into the wide rece- the other wide receivers right now up for free agency that the Lions have, who is still left, and then later in the show, maybe about who they can even target at wide receiver in free agency. Or maybe you go just the route of the draft, and we'll just talk about that next year on the Pride of Detroit POD cast.
Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, where during the break, we hit. So this is just the first 20 minutes if you're listening at home or on your way to work or in the recorded version. Just to know, within 20 minutes of podcast power in real time, we raised $1,000 for the Austin Area Urban League. And we still have at least 40 more minutes to go. So that's just the power of this. And again, if you are listening uh, recorded, please head over to aaul.org to the Austin Area Urban League. Raise some money to help the people in the great state of Texas, uh, especially what's, with everything that's happened in the last few weeks uh, down there with this kind of winter blast that has left a lot of people without power and struggling so but anyway back to lions talk let's move back up north to talk about the detroit lions we left talking off about kenny galladay and i think a lot of it was i i agree with you guys in that if nothing else the kenny galladay you want to sign him at least as a message to show like look we're not we're not out and out tanking and we are serious about treating everyone proper this time through you know, there's some realities to it. There's a lot of stuff you need to spend. You, you need to do if that's what's right for the team. In this case, you know, when Stafford said he wanted out, you respected that. You gave him a good destination. You got a good haul in exchange for him. Kenny Galladay, I feel like, is a little it's a little more uh, diverse of a subject. It's it's I don't think it's as clear cut as what it was for Stafford, just because a I think there's a question of even if Kenny Galladay wants to stay in Detroit or if he wants to test the open market. Uh, we certainly haven't heard from him too much on that uh, conversation, I believe, Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, and, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's it's mixed. Like he's he said all the right things and he said it towards the end of the season, like he he respects the Detroit Lions. He he you know, it'd be cool if he could spend his entire career here. He even, you know, talked after the Dan Campbell press conference. He went on Good Morning Football and said, like, I love that intensity. I, I guess I guess we're biting kneecaps now. And so, he, <laughs> I mean, he almost talked like he was still part of the team. And I guess he st- he technically is until, you know, the new year kicks in. But I, I think there, there's mutual interest right now, which makes really makes the whole situation more complicated. Yeah. And I think I, I'm just I'm looking at his stats and the one thing. And maybe you can speak to this, Ryan. The one thing I am worried about sometimes is, again, like I know it's rough for wide receivers out there, but even in those years, those two years, we had over a thousand yards receiving. He was, I, I believe, like a 58, 56 percent catch percentage uh, receiver, which is catch receptions divided by targets, which mm-hmm. is still really good. But I I, I do have to wonder, we, we talked a little bit about, again, you are losing a lot of his long range jump ball power by switching down to a quarterback like Goff, who is more focused on the play action, more focused on short yardage completions. So I wonder. And again, I, I, I know I know some people don't like to sit, have been back and forth about this. I do think him sitting out as much as he did in 2020, whether that was by his volition or the team or doctors it did hurt him as far as what you can expect for his future value to be. Yeah. And who knows? I, I think with Kenny Galladay specifically in Detroit, and we've, we've talked, we've talked about it. You just mentioned it right there that with Jared Goff in town, you're taking a tool out of his toolbox and you, you're no longer tapping into that ability for him to go downfield, stretch the field, you know, and uh, you know, make use of him as a, uh, as a big play weapon. My thing with Kenny Galladay is he has 
the ability to be a top 10 wide receiver for sure. We just haven't seen the diversity of it here in Detroit. We've seen him do do the big play thing extremely and incredibly well. Would he fit in a play action offense that, you know, is centered around intermediate routes and shallow crosses and things like that? I don't know. I mean, you want to you want to assume yes, just because he is such a talented receiver. You know, he has the ability to to make contested catches. He's one of the best in the NFL at doing that. But I think at the end of the at the end of the day, I think Kenny Galladay just wants to get paid. And I can't I can't be upset with the guy for for wanting that, especially because he is. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's a little bit longer in the tooth than than most, you know, wide receivers who, you know, came in the league. I think he's 25 going on 26. I think he's 27, maybe going on 28, actually. Oh, so really? yeah, he's, wow. he's up there. Yeah, he's <clears throat> um he's he's definitely on the older side for sure. Um, So like right now is his chance to cash in. And I think however he he can accomplish that, whether it's staying in Detroit, that would be harmon- harmonious. If it isn't in Detroit, so be it. But um, there's an awful lot of, you know, can we just get into free agency right now? Like, yeah, sure. You know, the other wide well, receivers I- that are going to be on the market. I do. I do want to talk about tagging and trading because we didn't really go into yeah, that. Yeah, yet. that's important. Um, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about that option, because I think I think Lions fans are obsessed with that idea. And I get it like it, it's <laughs> it, on, on paper. Sure. That sounds great. Like instead of waiting on a on a potential compensatory third round pick next year, you, you tag and trade him and hey, maybe you get a second, maybe you get a first. Well, let, let's let's back up and, and slow your roll here, because one, obviously, tagging and trading means first you have to tag him. Second, Kenny Galladay has to sign that tag, which means you're immediately again on the hook for that 17 point. What was it? I'm sorry, 16.4 million. Um, you don't have to necessarily pay it right away, but you're, you're saying like, all right, we, well, if we can't find a trade partner, we're going to have to eat that. And, and like I said, I think that's probably the worst case scenario out of what happens is, is paying that 16.4 million for a single year. But you also lose leverage in a trade because now teams know that that's your like the worst case scenario for you. You're trying to ship him now because you don't want to eat that big cap. The the team the team's trading for you know that Kenny Galladay knows that, so he might not be as willing to to you know turn in a long term deal. And I don't know this this is a wide receiver free agent. We're going to get it into it in a second. There's a lot of free agents out there. There's a lot of good players in the draft out there. We've seen young rookies come into this league and dominate. I don't know how big of a market there's going to be for a Kenny Galladay tag and trade for a one-year contract worth sixteen point four million. You, you look at the last time. Or sorry, really quick. No, no, the yeah, last yeah. time a wide receiver was tag and trade, and it was Nick Baumgartner who pointed this out, was Jarvis Landry. Jar- Jarvis Landry, who was about the same age, maybe a little bit younger, had better stats than Kenny Galladay does at this point, and they got a fourth and a seventh for him. That's not a lot. Not 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 a great haul. Like I know some people are like, oh yeah. Like I know some some fans were saying you talk to other fans and they would say they'd have they'd trade a second for Kenny Galladay. That's not what you're going to get out of it. And again, I think we touched on this in our first segment, uh, Jeremy Ryan, that this is a very deep draft for, for wide receivers. And more to the point, kind of like how the value of spending a high round draft pick on a running back that that value dropped off. We're not far from that happening with wide receivers because there's just so many of them now across across the NFL. I think great ones like there's going to be at least three that go in the first round, I believe. 
Uh, Devonta Smith, of obviously being the best, the biggest one, biggest name there, the reigning Heisman winner. But there's going to be plenty more wide receivers deeper in the draft. You're going to continue to get value, maybe even to the into the second day of the draft, late second day, excuse me. So other teams know that too. So I I think that's both a problem, both for Kenny Galladay's value and for the value of any proposition to tag and trade. Yeah, I mean, look around at the rest of the uh, the free agents that are available in 2021 when it comes to wide receivers. You got a name like Allen Robinson, who I think everybody would agree would be the number one wide receiver option that anybody can go mm-hmm. out and get um, at this point. Because, we, I mean, I, I just looked up Kenny Galladay's age. He's 27. He's going to be 28 next uh, next season. He, he turns 28 um, in November. So uh, Allen Robinson is still remarkably like, talented productive um we haven't really seen him with a top tier quarterback so i I think you can count on Allen robinson being uh, a guy chris godwin is a free agent i mean that's another guy that i would definitely prefer over kenny galladay's his nfl i mean you talk about a guy who can just dominate from from any any position on the field uh lining up and running all different kinds of routes i think chris godwin's up there and there's some question marks i mean juju smith schuster another guy who you know, we, we've seen the really good Juju. We've seen the, you know, just okay Juju. So not really sure who he is. But again, that's kind of like a risk that I think maybe people outside of Detroit, um, they they view Kenny Galladay obviously a little bit differently than I think a lot of Lions fans do. And I think that's why they get caught up in the, well, I mean, you could get like a second round pick for Kenny Galladay. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I just listed off three guys who you could make a really easy case for not having to give up any draft pick compensation, going out and getting them as free agents. And, uh, you, you know, you save yourself a draft pick. And and Chris already alluded to it, but the the amount of wide receivers that are available for the taking in, in this year's draft class are just, I mean, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith already mentioned, uh, Ter- uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, uh, Kadarius Toney. I mean, you're talking about uh, that's, seven guys right there that according to you know the draft network first round grades i mean that's that's an awful and that's not saying the lions need to take a wide receiver at seven necessarily and that also doesn't include kyle pitts but um there's just so many options i mean like in the in the top 100 uh in the top 100 prospects according to you know the draft network you got like i think at least like 14 or 15 wide receivers i mean you can you can get a wide receiver on day two um, that's not going to necessarily be Kenny Galladay, but remember where the Lions drafted Kenny Galladay? He was a third round pick. I mean, yeah. third round picks can hit. And especially when you got a guy like Brad Holmes who has a pedigree of, you know, drafting guys like Cooper Cup. Yep. He he goes deep in the draft to find these guys. And unfortunately, this is the other part of it for Kenny Galladay, and it's why he missed so many games. And our motto here at Pride Detroit is there's no such thing as being injury prone, but he has been injured. Over the course of four years, uh, and he's missed game time with a lot of those injuries in 2017, thigh hamstring strain grade two, missed five games, chest sternum bruise. He missed the season finale in 2018, Uh, the concussion in December of 2019. uh, He was able to play in. I think he was able to play for the rest of the season there. But then, yeah, then the thigh, the thigh hamstring strain he suffered this year where he ends up missing two games and then we don't really see him again. Uh, for the rest, for most of the season. With, with the, the hip injury, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I think some teams will look at that history and wonder, you know, if if that's going is that going to be a factor in both his 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 free agent market value or in any kind of trade scenario. Yeah. And I mean, I just I I continue looking at the alternatives to to keeping Kenny Galladay around and and a lot of them seem appealing to me. Like I, I do think even before you make a decision on Kenny Galladay, wide receiver is on is definitely in play with with the seventh overall pick. And whether it's Jamar Chase or Waddle or Devontae Smith, like all those three guys are probably worthy of the seventh overall pick. All of those guys would could come in and immediately, you know, give this team 600, 700, 800, maybe even 900 yards if you're lucky. And then you pair them with a mid-tier free agent like, I don't know, Josh Reynolds, a guy who's played with Jared Goff his entire career. Is that a horrible one and two combo? A top 10 pick in Josh Reynolds? Like, that's doable. You throw in TJ Hawkinson as, as a third receiving option and, and, and you know, you have you know, threats in the backfield. I mean, this is going to be kind of a run-heavy offense now. That's not horrible to me. That's a that's a kind of quick fix, and suddenly you're kind of set for the future more so than you would be with the franchise tag. So I, I think you come in cheaper that way. I think you come in maybe building yourself for the future that way. I think it makes a lot of sense, and, and I guess I'm not really understanding why everything seems to be trending right now towards the lines giving Kenny Galladay that franchise tag. Yeah, I don't I'm not really full on buying that right now. I know Ian Rappaport hit that and I know I think this is more Ian Rappaport ruminating at this point or just kind of basing on what he's heard from his sources. But we'll see, I guess. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the other wide receivers that are up for free agency right now? So I figured like we can talk here and then on the other side, we talk about we want what we want to see the Lions do for the position in free agency. You mean the other lines that are that are set to hit free agency? Yes. Wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Go let's talk about those now. Cause as I said, it's not just Kenny Galladay. There are five Lions wide receivers all hitting the free agent market now. Marvin Jones, who again, who's been probably the most productive of a lot of the Lions wide receivers here last few years. And I know on Twitter he's talking about like, you know, he's putting out images out there every time someone talks to him, is like, hey, maybe Marvin Jones, maybe you can follow him to 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 uh, Los Angeles to keep playing for Stafford. And Marvin Jones seems very, very uh, up on that idea. He would love to do that. I feel like Danny Amendola, he's up again for his contract and he's he's 36. He'll be 37 this coming year, I believe. He's an aging guy out there who's just going to keep getting those one year contracts. And it's a it's a question whether or not he's going to come back to Detroit. Mohamed Sanu, he was on the practice squad this year and has, I feel like, kind of revitalized his career near the end of the year with uh, Detroit. We'll see if, you know, what his value is. We hit Kenny Galladay and then Jamal Agnew, who I feel like that's almost, out of all these guys, I almost want to see the Lions try to get the value on Jamal Agnew before anyone else. Yeah, and I, I think that he's probably got the best chance of the of the five to return. I would say, except for maybe Kenny Galladay. Uh, I think, I think Marvin Jones is gone. Like we, we don't even need to talk about him anymore. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, he really clearly, I mean, the Rams are are the best fit for him because he loves Matthew Stafford and he's got, he lives in California. So it'd be a nice fit for him there. But I mean, I, I have a feeling he, he thinks of Detroit the same way Matthew Stafford does. Like I did my time. I tried. It's time for me to, to try to go get a ring somewhere else. So yeah, I think 30, he's gone. He's 31. He's in yeah. like the he's he's not going to have a ton more years left. He's kind of in that prime of his career. He just had a great showing in Detroit. It's time for him, as you say, to go try to chase accolades. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, I think Danny Amendola, there was that weird enigmatic scene of him um, walking with, with cleats hung up on, on the, uh, the goalposts. So seems to think maybe retirement in his future. If not, I don't really see a reason why he'd want to come back to Detroit. You know, he obviously had the Patriots ties and, and Matt Patricia loved him. So I don't see why he would really want to hang around, especially with the new quarterback and a rebuild and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of left with Mohamed Sanu and Jamal Agnew as maybe the two realistic options to return. Agnew, I think there's interest um, in returning. He he seems to have liked Detroit, except for maybe one specific person that might be employed by us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, looked great as a returner again last year, kind of caught uh, fire again as a kick returner too. I think he was in the top five in terms of kick return average, top two in punt return average, had a touchdown. Um, never really exploded as a receiver. Um, maybe you can probably put that to bed. Maybe he's your emergency option, um, depth in terms of a slot receiver. But, um, if, if you value that special teams, and again, we, we have this debate every year, whether a special, whether it's worth it to keep a a specialist on your roster, considering how few touches they actually get. Um, but you can probably get him back in a fairly cheap deal. He might, he might try to fight for more since he has, you know, notched a, a Pro Bowl nod or two. Um, and then Mohamed Tanu, as you mentioned, definitely improved as the season went on. Um, again, probably a fairly cheap option. The question is just interest in coming back for a whole new squad, a whole new rebuild. He's up there in age as well. So I don't know. Either, either way, no matter who the Lions resign out of this bunch, um, they're going to need at least one, probably two starters. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, because now we're down to we've got down to like what you've got Quintez Cephas on on team control. And then I think the rest of the guys are basically f- reserve future clauses for guys Pretty like much. Victor Bolden or Tom Tom Kennedy. I'm seeing. Yeah. Did we say his name, though? Geronimo Allison. <laughs> Geronimo Allison. The guy, yeah, he he opted out last year, so he's technically still under contract. Um, but I I mean. What, okay. What's there to say about John Allison? <laughs> but you know yeah. what? I think what there is to say about Geronimo Allison really goes for Muhammad Sanu and really goes for Jamal Agnew. I think the Lions are going to be interested in these guys that they can get who want a chance to prove themselves and sure. want a chance to maybe play their way into a contract. Um, I think even Josh Reynolds might even fit into that. Not saying that he'd come cheap, but like, he would be a nice alternative, as you mentioned, Jeremy, to spending a boatload of money on Kenny Galladay when you could maybe draft a wide receiver early, maybe move back a little bit, maybe draft a wide receiver and then get a guy like Josh Reynolds. Well, now then all of a sudden wide receiver is not such a big problem. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt so much that you have the rest of your depth filled up with guys like Mohamed Sanu and Geronimo Allison and, and Jamal Agnew. Um, but it's just hard at the beginning. And it's been so long since the Lions have done like a rebuild. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's just been so long. So it's almost like we have to reacclimate ourselves with how these things work. And I, I think the the thing that a lot of people need to keep in mind as a lot of these guys are, you know, turning themselves out. Like, I, I agree with you, like Marvin Jones is out the door. I mean, he's got like he's got two feet out the door. He's just putting his hand back in to shut off the light. OK, um, Danny Amendola, I don't see a reason why he'd come back. <clears throat> I think. Now the Lions are in this position where they need to think about how they can most like economically put together a a team, especially with this year, the cap 
constraints, the Jared Goff thing, the Matthew Stafford thing, the lowering of the cap. I, I mean, the Lions can only cut so many players because they need to have 53 have, guys. So, yeah. I mean that's that's the conundrum that I th- that I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of be faced with here, and especially if you're paying one guy to play wide receiver for sixteen point four million dollars this year. And that might have to be the sticking point when it comes to these uh, these deals. But let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, maybe we can start looking at who all is out there the Lions could go get for wide receiver at free agent or. If we'll also answer the question, should they just forget about it and just go and try their luck with the draft? If plenty of options out there. We'll see how they build out the, the roster. But for now, we'll be, we're taking a break. Be right back here in a couple seconds on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast as we take a look at the wide receiver position going into free agency. I think uh, there's a lot of places the Lions have to deal with with free agency. But as we just laid out, you have, I believe, what was that count again? Five individuals, five-year wide receivers, all unrestricted free agents going into free agency here in about a month. So in less than a month. So and all of them were the ones who produced for you. Except like the one that otherwise produced for you that you still have is Quintos Cephas. So let's move away from Kenny Galladay. Let's move away from Marvin Jones. Let's move away from Muhammad Sanu. Maybe talk about anyone that the Lions should maybe target in free agency. Not that I think the Lions are going to be jumping on the train to go, you know, break the bank for an AJ Green or an Allen Robinson or anything like that, or even a Deshaun Jackson. But is there anyone you could, Jeremy, you could see the Lions? Like, what are the Lions really looking for in wide receiver right now? Value? <laughs> is, is that too I, I simple to say? Value? Uh, I, I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think Josh Reynolds is is a guy that's been connected to the Lions already several times. Um, just because, you know, he's coming from the Rams, which means one, Brad Holmes has evaluated him, likes him. Two, means that he's been together with Jared Goff for, I think, four years. Um, so he has that sort of chemistry already built in. He's coming off his best career year with 618 yards, two touchdowns. It's not great. It's not number one numbers. It's, he's not going to come in and be your number one receiver, but he's a guy that can come in and contribute. He's a guy that could be a number two, even maybe a, a number three, bring some inside and outside versatility. So if you want him to jump into the slot, he can do that. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense. He's going to come a lot more expensive than, you know, the rookie deal he's coming off of, but if you can get him in the six to 7 million range per year and probably backload a little bit of that. So his cap, it might only be in the three to 4 million range. I think that's a great signing. It's, it's not, it's not something that will blow you away. He might not be the guy that's like your wide receiver for the future, but he's, I mean, I I hate to continue to use the word bridge, but he's essentially a good bridge wide receiver that won't come too expensive. um, And, you know, won't, won't blow you away with, with anything. He's just, he's an athletic guy. He's super fast. Um, and, and, you know, pretty, pretty big for, you know, six, six, two, six, three, um, almost 200 pounds. It's, it's just like, it's a mid tier signing that, that is really what this team should be looking for in free agency. Cause like you said, this team isn't going to build itself through free agency. It just isn't. And it shouldn't, it certainly shouldn't this year. 
if they want to make big free agency swings, it should probably happen two, three years down the road. For now, you get the value guys, and I think Josh Reynolds is is perfect for that. Any names for you, Ryan? I think an interesting name for me as I look at the list of wide receivers that are, that will be available in uh, the 2021 free agency classes, uh, Will Fuller. Um, he's mm. going to miss some time um, because he did get suspended. He got popped for um, uh, using a performance-enhancing substance. Um, so he's going to be out for the season opener of the 2021, 2022 season as his suspension will, will carry over. But I think that that combined with, you know, some quote unquote character issues, I think that Will Fuller might be a candidate for an audition. You know, maybe it's a one or two year deal where he comes in and maybe, maybe makes, makes a splash and he can, Again, to to borrow the the phrase that we're all using and that Jeremy was trying to get away from, but to bridge um, not only the Lions, but it, it could be a situation that benefits Fuller too. So um, he's he's actually I think like one of the sneaky like top tier wide receivers that's available in this class. But I think both the suspension and some of the uh, quote unquote character issues um, maybe drive down his price a little bit. But don't don't you think he'll want to go to Go back to Houston, that wonderful franchise. <laughs> you, you make a great point. You make a great point, especially because their franchise quarterback is so happy um, and is so, so committed to playing for the Houston Texans. So, yeah. What a strange situation. What a strange situation. If you thought the Lions were dysfunctional, folks, uh, people are coming for the crown. Um, I, can I bring up one? I want to bring up a couple guys on the lower end, still within, I think, about a million dollar range, but... Not too much higher, I, w- I would imagine. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Lions kind of want to give guys, you know, chances to kind of prove themselves out here, too. If you, it's probably the best thing you really can do as a guy, as a team kind of on the retool right now is, you know, open audition for guys whose reputations have maybe fallen off a bit. Um, one of the first ones that jumps to my mind is Juju Smith-Schuster, who his star has kind of fallen very far in... Uh, Pittsburgh, where it looked like he was going to be the guy to take over for Antonio Brown and just never did. Um, And the other guy on my list right now, I mean, Nelson Aguilar, another USC guy, both these guys kind of Aguilar never really made it with what he was doing in Philadelphia. I know he's been playing last year with with Vegas. And then the other guy on my list, and maybe you can tell me about this one, he would be more of a veteran signing. But since the Lions did get Jared Goff, Tavon Austin is going to be a free agent on the market Uh, coming off. I believe he was kind of a midseason move between San Francisco and Green Bay. And he's he did some punt returns for Green Bay. He did. I think he got about 20 yards on five receptions. From Aaron Rodgers, so not terribly productive, but at least he would know he would have a reputation, a rapport with with Jared Goff. Yeah, 31. Um, Here's the thing, like free agency is usually a time for us Lions fans to be like super excited about, you know, potentially scoring big contracts. And the Lions have done that in the past, but that's it's just not going to happen. So we're going to throw out a bunch of names that your listeners are probably going to be like, really him? That's just (laughs) that's kind of what we have to do here. Or they might be who? (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. So, I mean. Some other names that stick out to me, Keelan Cole from Jacksonville, um, a guy who had, uh, you know, rather productive season. I mean, he had 55 catches for 642 yards and five touchdowns 
Um, that could be a guy who um, maybe isn't necessarily going to cash in, but he, he'd be an option. Tim Patrick from, from Denver, um, 51 catches, 742 yards, six touchdowns, a big play threat. I mean, 14.5 yards per reception. Um, so, I mean, maybe you can get, maybe the Lions, instead of going the Kenny Galladay route, they go, you know, the, the diet version. Um, and, and they try to, you know, stay economical and they try to pick up a guy who can maybe do some of the things that Kenny Galladay can do, but can do it for, um, for a fraction of the price. Um, the one other name that I was going to mention from Las Vegas, that would be kind of a reclamation project would be, uh, Zay Jones. Um, I know he's bounced around a little bit, but he's been, um, I mean, he top tier talent, uh, just has a lot of, um, off the field issues. I mean, he's really struggled with, with mental health um, problems and that's been well-documented in the past, but um, it seems like, you know, the time that he spent in Las Vegas was, you know, um, you know, not super productive, but a guy who can, you know, take this opportunity to come here and, and kind of, you know, prove himself last year, you know, only 14 catches for 154 yards, but he only played in 288 snaps. So, but he did play 16 games. So that, that really just screams like a guy who, didn't really get opportunities. And I think that that's kind of where we're narrowing and focusing our searches guys who could potentially break out. I don't yeah. think you're going to mm-hmm. get any of these top tier guys like the Chris Godwins of the world or the Juju Smith Schusters of the world. I think that those guys are probably looking to play for a team that isn't, you know, in the midst of a rebuild and doesn't really want to break the bank. And I just want to mention one last guy. And you're right. It, it does feel like we're kind of mentioning a number, number two or number three or number four type receivers. And that's probably all the lines are going to come away with in free agency. I think if you're looking for a number one or a number two, then we have to start talking about the draft. And we will here in a second. But the last guy I want to mention, and he was on my list of top five wide receiver free agents that have connections to the Lions. That's the Chiefs Demarcus Robinson. He was actually drafted by John Dorsey from when when he was over there with the Chiefs, coming off his best statistical season, 466 yards, three touchdowns, um, definitely still kind of in that reclamation project. Young guy still uh, maybe has some some meat left on the bone in terms of untapped potential. Obviously, it's a very crowded room there in Kansas City with a lot of weapons to to spread. So the fact that he even got 466 yards when you know he's battling Tyreek Hill and and um you know, the tight end Kelsey over there for, for reps. Um, that That's not an insignificant number. He could probably, and you know, he's probably looking for a better opportunity, right? Where he can maybe be a bigger feature, maybe potentially being a number two over here could give him that opportunity to kind of break out and, and see what he has in him. You know, fourth round pick is, is not, you know, just uh, a waste of talent necessarily. So um, he would be an, another guy if they, he'd definitely come a lot cheaper than a guy like Josh Reynolds. So um yeah, I, I, Demarcus, and and maybe the most intriguing part of Demarcus Robinson's game is, you know that that se- yards of separation thing that the Lions have had issues with <laughs> in uh, in the past four or five years. Demarcus Robinson was third in the NFL in that stat last year, four point two yards. One last name I'll throw out for myself is since again I'm talking former Rams that you could bring in maybe who know Jared Goff and get them on the cheap, and again. Kind of in the same boat as, T- as Tavon Austin. I think this was the guy who actually replaced Tavon Austin in Los Angeles or uh, was is Pharaoh Cooper, who's going to be a free agent out of Carolina this year. And again, you get return specialist uh, abilities with him, too. It's just, you know, this is kind of your, you know, just in case you need a backup plan in case Jamal Agnew doesn't work out for whatever reason. 
Uh, but I, I do like the idea of trying to, if you are going to sign these guys to longer term, de- I mean, short term deals too. again, just, you know, find someone who's going to know how to work with Jared Goff just to, to ease them in and hopefully improve the value of Jared Goff. But uh, I, I think you're right, Jeremy, in that this is not a free agency where you're going to get a number one guy. But the good news is for the Lions, so, mm-hmm. this, this draft is so full of guys who could be number one guys, maybe even in the first round. If the Lions want to go that route, I I again, I don't like having strong opinions and I like having. Oh, that's a terrible cut. Uh, I like I like being flexible. I like being flexible when it comes to draft stuff. I am not henpecked into any one guy or any one position. I think I would prefer something on the defensive line or maybe even the offensive line in the first round of this draft, considering the talent that's out there. But I, I think we talked about it last week. There's plenty of wide receivers that you could see going seventh or maybe even if the Lions trade back still within that first round or in this or on day two in the second and third round there. You've got plenty of options of guys who could be those future number one receivers for the Detroit Lions. No question. No question. And I mean, pick pick your poison with, with that. I, I really do think in terms of value, in terms of prospects that are likely to be there, wide receiver needs to be like, I, I don't I don't really know where Lions fans are right now with taking a wide receiver first over or with their first round pick. I think I think there's kind of a mixed reaction from what I've seen, but I think it's absolutely 100 percent on the table. There's not a lot of great defensive talent that that is projected to go in the top 10. Really, the only one is Micah Parsons. And we just spent a podcast or at least. Uh, yeah, he's an off ball linebacker. It's yeah, your value debating. may vary. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, offense tackle maybe is on the table as well. And and. That that would depends if Sewell be worth it. just depends if Sewell is there at three. I don't. I mean, yeah. at seven. I don't think. I don't think he will be. I think probably the Dolphins snag him at three. But but yeah. I mean, point being, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Lamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. Sorry. Um, all all legitimate options that might be there at seven. All legitimate players that that can come back and come in immediately and and contribute and maybe not be the number one you know a a top 10 wide receiver right away but a guy that that could develop into that in the future and that's what we're talking about right the future we're talking about bridges and all this stuff well the draft is where you get your future pieces and the Mm -hmm. lines don't have a future wide receiver unless you you guys are really big quintus cephas believers and so yeah get it like it to me it doesn't like people are saying you're rebuilding why are you going for like a skilled position player I don't care about the order. This team needs talent all over the place. <laughs> Lions so need skill position right now. They need skill position players. They need probably a quarterback. They need edge rushers. They need linebackers. They need safeties. Let's, they need offensive tackles. Get them in whatever order they're there. Because you, I mean, you got a lot of draft capital. So if you can get the, the franchise wide receiver with your first pick of this new era, do it. Let's not forget the Lions drafted Calvin Johnson before they drafted Matthew Stafford. Drafted a lot saying, of wide receivers before I, I, they drafted I, Matthew. <laughs> I know, but I'm just I'm just saying that yeah. that's there. That's there. I'm just saying that. Let me let me ask this question to both of you. Um, if the wide receiver that's available at number seven is not the best player available, are you going to be okay with that pick? Well, I mean, the best player again, available is very on, subjective. Yeah, it's going it to depend on what that other position is that is the best sure. player available. 
But are there any positions for the Lions that are off the table? Like Jeremy's just saying, like, I don't yeah. care in which order you right. buy the groceries. I don't care which route you take around the grocery store. You have to get all the items. If you're there sitting at seven, and if the best player available isn't a wide receiver and the Lions take a wide receiver, and I know that depends on boards and all that stuff, and, and we can get into those, you know, those semantics. But I'm just saying, like, if it seems like the consensus best player available is there at seven and the Lions go Devonta Smith or they go Jamar Chase. Is that, is that a stick in your craw or what? Probably not. No, I, I thought be. at first, I thought at first this was, this was Ryan trying to angle us towards a Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts take. I thought he was doing that. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've already made it. I've already made it very clear that if you, if you want a wide receiver and they take Kyle Pitts, and you're upset about it, then you're telling on yourself that you didn't watch Kyle Pitts at Florida. But okay. yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, just even even trading back, there's still good wide receiver value in the first round. Uh, I know Rondale Moore could be there at like, you know, if, if you trade with, say, I don't know, I like if, if you trade with maybe the uh the, the Patriots or someone. I don't know. I'm just I'm saying like, you, game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Waddle could fall that way. Rondale Moore could fall that way. There's going to be guys available all throughout the first round. And again, into the second round, I haven't really looked at second and third round projections yet, but you're going to have time to pick your wide receiver. So yeah, if, if you don't go wide receiver in the first round, you go best player available. That won't be a problem for me because, again, there's so many holes for the Lions right now. I think I think whatever they the Lions do pick in the draft, I, I would hope for myself going into our uh, draft first round draft reaction pod POD cast that I'm more focused on who that player is and what they can bring than I am about did the Lions make the right pick at that position. Because at this point, you just you're just going to have to trust whatever the plan is. I don't want to say trust the process. But again, there are so many holes on this team at so many positions. This team needs so much work that I cannot marry myself to one player or one position exclusively. Let, let me ask you this, Ryan. These, these top three wide receivers. Yeah. If is, is there one of those three where you're like, if he's at seven, it almost doesn't matter what the board looks like. You run up and get him. Yeah, I think that guy is Jamar Chase. Yeah, I I just think that there's everything that I love about a wide receiver prospect that um, that Chase just fills. And he's I mean, he's he's done it over multiple seasons. Uh, He's clearly like he's just like the I, I think he's just the dude. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus's top 200 big board, he's the fifth player on the board. Like the fifth player, there's Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Panay Sewell, and Jamar Chase. So, like, if Jamar Chase is there, I think the Lions just need to run up that pick because he's he's every bit of a top tier wide receiver that you want to get. Like, he's a very very special player, and um, he just I mean he's fast, get off the line of scrimmage. He's a big guy who you know after he catches the ball, like I mean broke 22 tackles uh in in the year that he uh that he just played um after he took uh he, he I mean come on I mean like I I'm I'm just really I'm really all about Jamar Chase. I th- I think that he would just be an absolute dynamite pick. Um And isn't that he, yeah. he he is very much so the perfect replacement for Kenny Galladay. Kind of that same kind of very physical wide receiver will go up and get that ball. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you another name of a guy who, if the Lions were to move back, I would be like absolutely in love with. Um, and that's uh, Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Yes, I'm I'm really in on him, especially being like, uh, I mean, we've seen the mock drafts of the Lions moving back with a team like, you know, Washington. If they moved back into that range and Rashad Bateman was still available, I I just think that he's really, really NFL ready. And for a team that, you know, is still going to want to be competitive because there is no such thing as tanking in the NFL. um, I, I think that Bateman would be a really, really like right out of the package wide receiver that would fill a lot of needs for a team that is going to be so wide receiver needy. I think of that same position too. I kind of in a different tack Ron. I I like Rondale more. I know he's a little small, but I, what if we all loved when we had golden Tate in the team, it was yak yak machine, yak attack Rondale more at at Purdue. He was all about that yak. Mm -hmm. And, And we just, we just got done talking about what's Jared Goff good at short to intermediate routes mm-hmm. could be a good fit. I mean, he's not going to be your, your prototypical number one wide out receiver, but in terms of his fit and, and what the lines are trying to do and, and what Jared Goff can do well, I can see that being a pretty good fit here. Yeah, it would fit the system. And again, that's, that's if, if the lions trade back with like a Washington and suddenly you're picking at 19, not at seven. I don't think more goes at seven, but 19 is <clears throat> beyond reasonable where you take a Rondale Moore. Certainly, I yeah. mean, could even be in play with the, with the second round pick, right? Yeah, if he's still there on day on day two, hell, you've got pieces. You could even go up if you really are in love with the idea of getting a wide receiver there and just take him. I think the only thing that people have reservations about uh, Jamar Chase to circle back to him is that they might get some Mike Williams vibes just mm. because he, he took the 2020 season off. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I think that, you know, situation is so much different. Um, it is. It and, yeah. and that's true for a lot of these guys too. Again, I know for more like he only played like what seven games this year. But all these yeah. guys, not nobody played full seasons except unless you were like with Ohio State or Alabama or someone. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the the difficulty of all the the draft stuff that we'll be talking about in a, in a month or two. Yeah, and no not combine either. No, <laughs> no combine. No combine. That's, just, I mean, just, we'd be talking about the combine like crazy right now because it'd just be about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, makes all the, the draft stuff difficult. It's It's going to be an interesting, challenging year for, uh, Brad Holmes and company in their inaugural year as, uh, as the leaders of the lines. Shifting through a bunch of Fugazi pro days. Mm-hmm. Dear. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think we should be get out of here. We've, I think we've covered the wide receiver position even more during the draft that we were, uh, than I was anticipating to talk about this week. So fantastic. We'll just put a bow on all of that. Again, if you haven't, please, you know, we're, we're, we're wrapping up this recorded version of the POD cast. We are we have been donating all day to the Austin area urban league to help people in, you know, winterstruck Texas this year without power, without heat. So please go and donate to them. Help make the pride of Detroit family. We, we've always been powerful with the donations. So uh, give community. if you can give if you can. If you have the ability to give, please please do so. Um, we pride ourselves in our community. We pride ourselves in our listeners for that. So I love you guys. Uh, next episode, we're going to keep diving into free agency. We're kind of hitting all, all angles of free agency. We've got, I believe Jeremy three weeks, four weeks now until, f- until the tampering period. Yeah. Three, I believe. Yeah. Whew, holy boats. It's going to move fast. So for myself, 
Find me on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman, find him on Twitter at Detroit on Lion. And Ryan Matthews, the rock god, at Ryan underscore P-O-D. As always, download the podcast, download the next podcast, tell your friends about us, and we will see you starside. <laughs>